Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yes, welcome. Not to Backchat Studios. We are in Melbourne. Backchat is in Melbourne and we are here for the Shelter Footy Cast review of round 18. Will Schofield, not with Mark Reddings. Will Schofield with Nigel Carmody. Hello, Hello Scoey. Lovely to see you in 3D. It's been far, <laughs> far too long. Now, our listeners, uh, they'll be thinking, who is this gorgeous man sitting across from you, Will Schofield? Why don't you tell them, how do we know each other? Uh, well, you either made me or I made you. That's the bit we need to work out. Uh, in my life as a player agent, I was lucky enough to uh, help guide your career, if we can put that in inverted commas. Um, played a bit of footy over here. I'm obviously a Melbourne boy, not surprisingly, given we're doing this in, in a Melbourne on a Sunday night. Yeah, played some footy in the VFL, uh, but currently working in the media. So um, called a game of footy today for seven, the VFL coverage, not dissimilar to the waffle over in WA. Smattering of AFLs in there, like a little bit more. AFLW, which is going to be around in about six weeks, and then also working with racing.com. You could say he is the Mark Reddings of <laughs> Melbourne. That is hot. That's the highest praise. I, I was going to say, this is a full-blown compliment here. You've dressed nicely as well. Usually, Skeet gives me a bit of flack for what I'm wearing. Are you happy with what I'm wearing today, mate? Yeah, you are. The, you are wearing the very standard Melbourne winter black from head yeah. to toe, which is good to see. <laughs> I did want to pick you up on something when you, oh, you did ask me on Friday about, hey, I'm coming to Melbourne, need someone to host the pod, yes. let us know if you're available, sure, anything for you, Scoey. I watched back and you record from what I believe was Thursday, the closing segment there, Skeet said, you, I believe you've got one of your old mates joining you, Scoey, yes. for the uh, the um, review program on Sunday. You're like, yeah, yeah, no, I've got a good, got a good mate lined up and kind of like, so if that was Thursday and then you rang me Friday, <laughs> had you gone the early crow that I was going to actually say, yeah, mate, I'm available? You're just assuming you're my only good mate. Well, but- there is a large Rolodex I know that you would have scrolled your way through before you would have even got to see 
I may or may not have been bluffing my way through that, which you know, people who listen to this show a little bit it seems to be a little bit of a trend. But we've got the shelters here, mate. Yeah. Cheers. They travel well. Yeah, they do. They travel good. well across the Nullarbor. No, no, we lost the cans, but these is definitely shelters. Uh, that was the Southern River Band, the boys out of Thornley. I know you know them well. You've been listening to them for a little bit. You are here on the Shelter Footy Cast Preview Review. Uh, we do a preview, a review, a bit of focus on West Australian footy. Shelter beers. Now, I know you haven't been over to Western Australia for a little time now, Nigel. Pre-pandemic. Well, Shelter have got a big brewery, big brand new brewery down at Bustleton by the jetty down there. you spend any time down in Bustleton? I haven't. I've had friends who've done the try. You obviously are a big devotee of that part of the world. Right. Um, dying to get there. Yeah. Well, when you get over, we're going to take you down to Shelter. We sort you out down there. You can find us on socials, uh, Shelter Footycast, uh, or you can give us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au, or... Find us wherever you need to on shelterbrewing.com.au. Belters at Shelter, Thursday, 21st of July. This is actually Nigel Carmody all over at 6 p.m., 10 p.m. Get along down to Shelter Brewing Co. There's $65 a ticket. If you want to buy a ticket, cabinfeverfest.com.au. Or you can get food. So we've got some prawn brioches, freshly shucked oysters, sliders, pizza pockets. Hey, I know. I can tell you. Look at it. You just buy spice cider on arrival. Open mic, there's some, uh, you can learn how to sing along with pub songs. Silent disco upstairs. Are you going to be all up, up there with Mark? You're Reddy? selling this that hard that I'm waiting for the call now and we'll throw in and suddenly someone's going to get a Dyson vacuum or something as if, well. If you are down in Bustleton, <laughs> and you might have to fly back for this, shelter, <laughs> Belters at Shelter, Thursday 21st of July, no Dysons included. Now, let's get straight into a big moments of the round, round 18, big, a big round of footy. We're over here in the west when we get back over there. West coast, down the bottom of the ladder. It's starting to heat up down there. North Melbourne win. Wooden spoon races on. It was a big win by North Melbourne. It was incredible by the Kangas. They got close against Collingwood seven days earlier. and Should have beaten them. Uh, a great story with Lee Adams, who was a player at North Melbourne. Of course, had his career cut short as a result of injury, specifically concussion. But I think what we've seen with some players whose careers end prematurely, if they head into coaching... They build their coaching years early. So he's young in he's in, in birthday time. Well, he's, he's from, I think, the same draft of, as you in 2006. Yeah. But he went and coached South Croydon in the Eastern Football League, which is probably the premier um, uh, suburban football competition in Victoria. He coached South Croydon to a Division One premiership, which I'd liken to... Leicester City's win in the Premier League. Wow. Like, that's sort of how iconic that was, that South Croydon beat some of the big dogs in that competition. He then went to Coburg, which was a really hard task. He did a really fantastic job with Coburg in the VFL, who were trying to establish themselves as a standalone team in that competition. Spent a couple of years at North as a development coach. It's been a hard couple of years for coaches right across the league with everything that's been happening. But he was probably the right man for the job with David Noble, of course, being relieved of his duties because... He's had the experience to coach his own team. And you think about it, quite often, the first time someone's coaching their own team in the AFL system is the first time they've done it full stop because you have great retired player, becomes an assistant coach. They haven't had that opportunity to have the reins at any point in time. This guy's got the experience. It's different. So it wasn't surprised that he was able to find a way to victory. That's very good. I mean, he got him up and about. Uh, there were some rumours that the Lizards father, John Blakely, I think that's on the... On the Right areas here. He was a bit disappointed, perhaps, that he didn't get the gig, but you can't argue with victory. So they go ahead and win. Um, they may, we're going to speak about it when we go through this game, but 
I'm not that they were lucky to win because I thought they played well, but Richmond kicked their way out of it a little bit. 10 goals, 22, I think, from memory. Um, had a chance, the sub. Jake Arts, Arts took the mark. I mean, if he stops props, he goes back and has that shot after the siren. He'll make the distance. He wasn't 50 out. He was marked at 40. Yeah, well, look, we're all experts in hindsight. Yeah, it was an incredible piece of play to think that they'd even managed to chain it like they did to go from uh, end-to-end after Curtis Taylor had kicked that point for North that ironically would have iced the game some 20 seconds earlier. But, yeah, Richmond fluff their lines in front of goal. They'll be disappointed with that. I think they've found a player in Noah Cumberland, who I've watched a bit in the VFL recently, and I've watched him play for the Allies back in the under-18s. He's actually part of the Brisbane Lions Academy, but... They've plucked him out of the Sunshine Coast, Richmond, and I think they've got a medium-sized forward, quite athletic. It's hard to profile him. He doesn't sort of really fit like a Jack Gunston or a Bailey Fritch category, but I think he can really complement Tom Lynch and their smalls over the next couple of years, particularly as you know there's going to be an end point for Jack Rebold at some point. But all credit to North. They get the win. Um, nothing better, I think, for supporters who've had to endure 14, 15 weeks of pain to sing the song. I was quite critical of North Melbourne and, and, the, and the players because I think when, when, when it's going well, um, the players get credit, right? Players are going well and up and about. I think just as much when it's going poorly at a football club, it's got to come back to the players. There's only so much coaching and support and education and to build culture, you really need to take it on as a playing group and I was a bit critical of them and so I think where they come out and win, well, well, well under the players. Lee, Lee Adams, great, but there's only you can't implement a game style in five days. So I don't think it's a Lee Adams win. I think it's the North Melbourne players win. It was a good win. Um, AFL records. A couple of these before we move on. Rory Laird, twenty tackles. I, I thought maybe like a Tony Liberatore had spat out a twenty-five somewhere along the line. You're a sort of man who would know these sorts of things, but I think it's. All-time record, 20, 20 tackles. Well, we both have a direct line to Swamp, which is kind of like having a direct line to Kirribilli or we the White Swamp. House. We love Swamp. Uh, surprising that Rory Laird's the man because, I mean, he sort of made his name originally as that sort of halfback who fed off handball receives and, and playing his own game effectively. So, again, maybe a little bit of a trademark of the Matthew Nix era that Rory Laird's becoming a little bit more of a tackler, although... Tackling stats sometimes need to be dug into a bit. You almost want to go through the edits of the tackles to go, mm, he's kind of just fell on him there. That's a that's a pancake rather than a tackle. Little single-hander <laughs> jumped in there. Or yeah, the, the, the fourth man in. He's just one on top. So champion yeah. done and just champion done a, uh, tackle led. <laughs> Nick Dacos, 40 three. touches, three goals. He's the youngest person to ever do that, 40 and three. Uh, I had someone on radio call me today. Uh, it is Sunday evening we're doing this. Uh, Nick Dacos to get the rising star. I think that's very possible. Tick. Nick Dacos to win the best and fairest at Collingwood. He's definitely in the conversation. Nick Dacos to win the Brownlow medal. No. Absolute no? Yeah, no. Who else gets votes at Collingwood? Just just humour me. I think S. Pendlebury's got a few over his 350 games, so he he's does. good for some. And there's... Played there's a, a bit of backline this year. There's a latency in the Brownlow because it's almost a lag year to year where the umpires identify a player... And then the next year, if he's good again, he gets votes. Okay. So Sounds like you've got an inside line there too. I th- think you only have to comb through voting history to sort of see how that's worked. You so, know, yes, and Nigel coming out of a player managing point of view, there was bonuses built into a lot of There was never contracts. any Brownlow clauses, <laughs> particularly in your contracts. <laughs> <laughs> did you donut it in the Brownlow? I reckon you sneak a there, vote at I, some stage? I reckon there was a Brownlow clause. I, I Can reckon- you answer my question? Did you donut it in the Brownlow? I got votes, mate, and it's disappointing you don't. Why know do you that. have to look at Dan for confirmation of your Brownlow votes? I know he knows. It's disappointing you don't know that about myself. I got two in one game. I got I polled once. 
but I got two. How many did you get in your career? That's what I thought. West Coast and- How many list and votes did you get? No. <laughs> could, did you get many Sandover votes? Could, is that, could sort of a, is that yeah. a more heartwarming story about well, the time you got six Sandover votes? I did say in 2020 that I was going to win the Sandover. Wasn't going well and then I broke my back and it really didn't end well. Joe um, Bolton says hi. Yeah, correct. Uh, West, West Coast and Fremantle. Let's get into the Western Australian side of things from Melbourne. So I have had the binoculars out. We have been watching what they're doing. Wasn't that hard because West Coast play Hawthorne. And five minutes down the road. At the G. Hawthorne defeat West Coast by 25 points. Never been a happy hunting ground at the MCG for West Coast, other than 2018, of course, and 2006. But it's been a difficult place for the side to win. They started well um, compared to the last week. Last week, they had two inside 50s to 24, I believe, against Carlton. So they start better. They kick a couple of goals to get going, and they're right in the game. But Hawthorne, it was almost a grind game for Hawthorne, and the way they went about that, I think it would have been a game that Sam Mitchell has penciled in on the diary, on the calendar, but I also think Adam Simpson would too. You know, he's an understudy effectively. You, you watch Clarkson go about it and all these blokes are out of the Clarkson tree. I feel like there's not a coach in the AFL that hasn't come out of Clarkson's tree. But he's a big one for that. I know he is. So I think they would have both wanted to win this one. Ended up being a good game in the end. Margin not reflective of West Coast performance. Yeah, they jumped Hawthorne and there were some worries, I think, in the Hawks camp at quarter time when Ben McAvoy went and grabbed his players and there was, a, I think, a pretty stern talking to. Uh, Adam Simpson said in his press conference post-game that they tried some things late, which I really like, rather than going, we're just going to accept a two-goal loss. You go, well, what's the difference between 12 and 25? It's There's nothing. Mm. Um, the issue for me with the Eagles is, I think... The statistics today, hitouts, there was a golf, but then they were winning clearance. So that's that's really good when you're not actually getting first hands to the footy. But they are so understaffed in that part of the oh. ground at the moment. Callum um, Jamison did a, you know, a manful job, but he, he's not a rough man. He's, he's come out of it with some groin soreness as well, so the concerns there. And um, Bailey Williams is similar. I watched a ton of Bailey Williams' footy as a junior as he was did coming you? through, and he was this jack-in-the-box stand on your shoulders forward and he, he he sort of looks like he's lost a little bit of that and he's a bit more down now and again he was fighting out of his height division today effectively against Ned Reeves who if you go outside right now there's a light hanging off him he's just the tallest man <laughs> Christmas of <tree>. all time <laughs> you know street light he he um yeah uh, Bailey Williams has been a funny one uh, you know he's big Baz I, I rate him highly he does some things at training when I was you know that I, it would scare me as a defender big strong physical could crash a pack but then he probably falls away from it a little bit. And being in the ruck, I don't think helps that. You just grind out games and you chug around. Uh, I don't think he's playing in the right position, but they can't do anything about it. Nananui's out at the moment. Tom Barras, I've got to give a bit of love to a fellow backman, 30 disposals, can Eight, we, can 18 I, marks. Can I put my commentator's hat on for a moment? Zero so goals. I feel like he came into league as Tom Barras and then it's became Tom Barras and there doesn't seem to be any consensus and this is a bugbear of mine in commentary. I get it both in my footy life and in my racing life where you pronounce someone's name and then they come up and go, oh, it's actually, it's pronounced this way. Like, so should we clear it up for well, once? That we can't that? get players when they're drafted or listed to just go in front of a camera and say, hi, I'm Will Schofield and everyone has the consensus. So he, he's been asked. How does he want his name pronounced? He's been asked and I. this is genuinely the answer. Jeez, you're going to love this. He doesn't mind. That, that's not an answer. <laughs> he said uh, it is uh, like Barrister, so Barris, but you can call him Barras because everyone else does. <laughs> that's pretty much what he said. Jeez, you'd hate that, wouldn't you? He plays a bloody good I'm, day. I'm though. sorry. I, I need <laughs> to leave the podcast for a couple of moments. <laughs> 
Uh, Jai Cully debuts. Um, really, really good effort. You're talking about young guys. Dave O'Neill was running through there today as well. 12 disposals, seven clearances, 11 tackles. If you're coming in to play your first game of AFL footy and you put numbers up like that, I mean, they'd be, ha- they'd be happy. And you would have seen a bit of him running around as well. well. I haven't seen a lot of him because I'm now yeah. out of the agent game. Yeah, but true. to put this in context, this kid's running around for Lang Warren in the second division of the Mornington Peninsula Nepean League this time last year. He goes onto the Danny Nong Stingrays list. So he's done a NAB League preseason, not an AFL preseason, an under 18 competition preseason. And I think this gets lost sometimes with some of these players who get an opportunity in the mid season rookie draft. Outstanding effort to even be playing games. We saw Newcomb do it uh, 12 months ago. But now, look at Newcomb today. I mean, high twenties has now become sort of the yeah. sort of the watermark or the expectation for him as a midfielder. He's and like he, jumped Warple, a little and he's almost, in the embryonic, uh, embryonic stages of his career. So yeah. you've got to wait a little bit for these guys to get better. And you would know this really well. It's accumulated benefit of preseason after preseason after preseason. Not just the fitness component, but how you actually work on your craft and those little things within your game as well. So Cully would be so much better, not just for today's game whatever he gets out of the next month but then gets back to Perth in October November and gets a full crack at it over a summer that'll be huge for him certainly a good effort uh, well done to him um, I think it's 47 players West Coast have debuted this year something yep. like that like going well incredible going, numbers going really yeah well. and I think again credit to their their back office team the coaching staff they've had so many people to have to deliver those messages to and obviously manage the turnover of their list throughout the course of the season. Obviously, it has then an impact with the Waffle squad as well. They'll just want to get through the next five weeks and then have a breather and chill out a bit. But I think it'll, it'll be a season I think West Coast can reflect on and go, we just did well to get to the finish line. Like, as hard as that is to swallow, was it... Uh, 09-10 where you had a season yep, where 10. you were well down the Wouldn't bottom. There spoon. was a huge spike off that. 2011. It's probably, you'd imagine, composition of the list at the moment suggests it might take a little bit more time. But the fascinating part of what you talk about, the wooden spoon battle in the next few weeks, is there's a pretty good prize on the end for the loser. Who is that? Is there a, is there a number one draft pick? Well, it looks to be Will Ashcroft, who is father-son... Marcus. ...to the Brisbane Lions. Right. But could possibly find himself because the family have moved from Queensland down to Melbourne. He's playing his football for Vic Metro on the Nationals at the moment and the Sandringham Dragons locally in the NAB League. He almost has the Mark Murphy choice of 2005. Go to Brisbane or opt out and put yourself in the draft. The question then begs, well, if the Eagles finish bottom and get pick one, do you want to go to Perth, Will, or do you want to go to Brisbane? I'd, I'd recommend it. Been good to me. I've been there for 17 years. Look at you now. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting here on a table with Nigel Carmody <laughs> talking footy. Bloody hell, here we go. Let's move on. It's, it's a bad loss by West Coast, but I think a decent effort. They're, going to be, they're, they're missing too many players. And the good thing is, to review if we're not shut down by a podcasting authority in the next four days, you look up at the draw and you go, St Kilda, gettable. Yeah, they've been really gettable. Inconsistent. Yeah. Scary. Sydney defeat Fremantle by 17 points. We both flagged this... Uh, we, we, I know you didn't tip, so we both picked Hawthorne. I'm sure you would have picked Hawthorne. And then we both picked Freo, Sydney. Get it done. I've been very high on the Sydney side this year. They've been inconsistent. They've lost some games that you think, well, like, what's going on there? And they've won some games like this game. A game against a great Freo side. They, they, they have been great. Um, they're starting to see a couple of injuries now, Fremantle, so we're going to be able to see how their, their list depth is tested. But Sydney go over to Optus Stadium. It's a big trip, five hours. They would have they would have penciled this in. 
and to get over you saw them I saw them after the game and they they just they looked joyed they they clearly really set themselves to do this and I spoke about this as well this morning on radio um playing Fremantle is now for other sides that's a real team to beat and they haven't had that for a long time at Fremantle they haven't been that side to anybody it's it just be and that does happen at AFL then when you're a player you come up against a good side. You come up against a Melbourne or a Geelong or a Brisbane of late or a Port Adelaide the last couple of seasons and you want to beat them. Fremantle have not been that side. So they are now. Sydney wanted to beat them. They wanted to make a statement and that's what it is for them. Where does it leave Fremantle? They come away with a couple of injuries, which I don't know where that's going to sit with them. I think Lobb hurt his shoulder. Um, I don't know how bad that's going to be. That can be, you know, hang around sometimes. Um, but overall, Sydney very good. They kept Andy Brayshaw to just 20 touches. He's had 30 touches in every game he's played this year. So they, they ticked a lot of boxes, did a lot a lot of things right. I think the Fremantle Footy Club can reset and go again, but it's a great win by Sydney. Most losing coaches' press conferences typically reference two words, pressure and contests. It was all through what Justin Longmuir spoke about, and he said we... Was spanked in the territory battle through the second quarter is really when the tide in the game turned. And then in the second half, Sydney had complete control of the game through kick mark and Freo were just too slow to reference it. And it's interesting question to pose to you as a former backman, once a backman, always a backman. Correct. But at what point are you trying to you know, march the troops up the field and go, we can empty out here, don't worry if it's six of them and five of us down the line, that's okay. We'll make that work. But we want pressure at the source. Go up and get in their faces because it seemed like there was just this weird teasing distance from the Dockers. Yeah, I think sometimes Sydney do that to you as well because they've been traditionally a team that can really transition well when they're, when they're playing well. You, you think back to their footy over the last sort of almost 10 years they get the footy they start well it was veritably around. chess where they were just going we're going to move it, move it there and then we'll move it through there and then next thing you know we'll have kicked a goal yeah they moved at quick at stages but they kind of it was very they played through their gears yeah. but the other thing that it highlights is they've got some really supreme ball users particularly in their front half of the ground and the craft of Papley and Gordon and it's sort of half been small forward Sunday when you've had Bruce kick six at the G Pickett kicks his six in Alice Springs today that the small player with skill to both take the ball at ground level but then execute has never been – it's never had higher stock, I don't think, in the game. And people have been suddenly celebrating Baker and Bolton as Richmond's two most important players, all off the fact that they can connect those two things, ground ball and then execution. Well, that's exciting. Logue uh, does an excellent job defending Franklin, keeps him to just the one goal. He's having a great year, Griffin Logan. He's going to be worth something at the end of this year. It'll be interesting to see if he does stay at Fremantle. Um I think we're going to move on. We've had a bit of a touch on West Coast, a bit of a touch on Fremantle. You are here on the Shelter Footy Cast. Nigel Company, Will Schofield with you. Let's get through the rest of the round, Nigel. Nigel wants a little bit more of a bit. You, go, you can pull yourself down Can there. I turn for a moment? Yeah, you can Just get the shelter, my shelter off the ground, up yeah, thank down you. on the ground. You do your 98-second intro for whatever's next. Yeah, it's very good. I'll, I'm just going to get into this one. Western Bulldogs defeat St Kilda, 28 points. Both tip the Bulldogs. Well done to Skeet and Scully. Bulldogs had St Kilda's number from the start. I, I watched this game live. I... I actually thought St Kilda played quite well. They just no, 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 no. No more beer for you. <laughs> they they did. They, they had they had possession early. They had a bit of dominance, and they couldn't they couldn't convert. And then it was just a quick transition goal, quick transition goal. And all of a sudden they were down by five goals. And then the men, their mental side started, and you could see the players drop a little bit. 
They, they started okay. I know it didn't look like that on the scoreboard. And then they come back and make a late run at the end. I, I just think if they had been more in the game, if they had been down by four goals instead of nine goals, it would have been a better game than it was. I was there. It was hard to watch from a St Kilda point of view. They tried to put Ben Patton to Bailey Dale. They just didn't manage to execute it. Bailey Dale just was flicking it off half back. Difficult to run, receive, kicking goals. I think he ended up with 30 for the night. So that didn't work. And no. once that bolt was sort of taken out of the wall for them, it seemed to all fall apart from there. It was incredible to look at quarter time just out of interest at what they were doing with the footy. They'd had pretty much a three-to-one kick-to-handball ratio, which that's sort of harking back to like Geelong in the 90s when the game plan was get it, boot it, and um, Gary Ablett Sr. or Billy Brownless will mark it and kick a goal. <laughs> yes. And it was the Malcolm yeah. Blight. Now you're starting to sound like Mark Redding. 30-29 to 29 mentality. Well, if we kick 208 and they kick 202, we win. But it was just – it was horrible. They just chopped the footy terribly, which, again, marvel on a Friday night how you can use the footy like that. Beggar's belief – the key thing out of the game, though, from a Bulldogs point of view, is we saw the 2021 version of Marcus Bontempelli. Mm. He was dominant. He was clean. He kicked an incredible goal in the second quarter where he's 48 metres out. He's surrounded by players. He takes one step, quick hand to foot without a lot of leverage. Ball sails through post high. He's such a player. And again, if the Dogs are going to somehow drop themselves into eighth spot, which I don't know if is necessarily a good thing or not for them, um, he needs to have five more games like that. Dogs edge closer to the eight, only 3% behind Richmond, who's in an eighth spot. So they do come closer. And they did it without Norton as well. If you remember that. So that was big, yeah. Norton, Norton, Bruce. Bruce came back. Bruce looked, he looked underdone. He's come back from an injury. So. Well, he'd had two VFL games, but those VFL games were split by a three week hiatus because he'd had hamstring soreness out of the first of those games. So did not know that. Really good effort to get up. This is why we need you here, mate. They've got the VFL knowledge. <laughs> uh, I, like, I, I like the look of Bruce with Norton. I think you know, that's what Western Bulldogs' struggles have been. It's been just a Norton-led forward line. If you get Norton and Bruce back there, it changes the dynamics a lot. A good win. We're going to keep moving. Collingwood defeat Adelaide by five points. Both pick Collingwood. Mark Reddings would have been a bit worried about this because Adelaide looked like they were going to win this a lot during this game. It was a game of momentum swings. I, reckon, I didn't watch it all in the entirety, but every time I looked at the score... Adelaide up by three goals. I said, they're going to run away with this. Then Collingwood would be in front of a goal. And then Collingwood would start getting a bit more in front, three goals in front. Adelaide come back. It was up and down, up and down, up and down. Towards the end, it tightened right up. As we spoke about, Nick Dacos impresses, 40 touches, three goals. Youngest ever player to do that. He's been outstanding. He did that at 82.5 efficiency as well. So uh, they've won eight of their last eight games, Collingwood. And I continue to talk about this. People were not expecting Collingwood to make finals this year. They're a strong chance of top four right now as we sit here. I don't know how it's seen over here in the East, but over in the West, they were underrated severely. New coach coming in. I don't think it was any different here. Um, The optimists or the people who are really picking through it and and taking a glass half full approach were thinking, a glass of shelter half. Oh, man. Um, There's still the bones in parts of the 2018 team and the 2019 team that's there and then they've brought in this sort of new batch around it this is what i said so i'm looking at dan this is genuinely what i said pre they've got the 2018 premiership so uh, grand final side there right and but that, do, got, and that doesn't guarantee you anything no, but it's it's the youth they've added the youth they've added a generational player in dacos we've got to admit that now that like he's having a freakish rookie season 
But the Craig McRae factor and perhaps the coaching staff put around him, don't underrate what Justin Lepich has brought to the table. Brendan Bolton as well. Without the pressure of being mm. the man coaching-wise, very, very important. Again, really, Which really was experienced. always how you've spoken about before. He went, yep, they huh? did an incredible job. And the guy's had a coaching journey. Talking to someone from the Pies at the VFL game we're at today, I said, what do you put it down to? And he, again, it's just his focus on contest and feel like, Craig's gone and taught the boys to win again, which is a, it's a strange take. But when you think about it, they're seven and one in games decided under two goals this season. Like that's the difference, really. That's how they've found themselves in the position they're in. You flip that the other way. The Tigers lose that game yesterday. They've lost three games in that Saturday twilight time slot in the last few weeks. Geelong, Gold Coast, North. That's the difference between Richmond right now. We'd be sitting here going. Challenge of a top They're four. They're 12 wins. Yeah. Look out. They are a contender yeah. right now. They're the other team that are just hanging on to the eight by their fingernails. Yes. Uh, I mean, it was a great game. Uh, we won't speak about it for too long, but Jack Ginevan. Uh, Ginevan? Ginevan. I knew, I, knew, I, I, knew by the, I knew by the way you saw it. Adam Papalier looks at me with the same eyes, and he's one of the greats, as you are. Just play-by-play call is very good. Every time I stuff up, stuff up a name, which is regular, right? <laughs> and it, it's regular. <laughs> And I don't mean it. It's by no offense. It's poor preparation. What, are you calling Paps I, or I just, something by mistake I in just, the box? No, no, no. Paps hears me call him Ginnivan. And he just looks at me with these eyes. Like you looked at him. You're just same eyes. Just, I just know I've, I know I've stuffed up before I've even... That's got, where you need your notepad with... You need to write it out phonetically. However, you would take it in to go, right, I'm oh, a footballer. There's a H I'm in a, there. I was a footballer and I was a backman. So I, both of those don't lend themselves to great pronunciation. He, he's copying the Toby Green tax at the moment. He, he, he is... I watched this game intermittently and I saw three free kicks that were free kicks that were just not given because it was Jack Ginnivan they were not given to Ginnivan Ginnivan <laughs> say that five times <laughs> play by player yeah you can't do that it has to be no, got to be colorblind doesn't matter who what the jumper is what the number is it was clear that they've spoken about don't don't pay him when, it, when it's him I, I, but I, even I if they I haven't like spoken it. about it it could be an unconscious bias yeah, I don't like it at all. Um, anyway, Brisbane defeat GWS by 40 points. I thought GWS were going to challenge here. I picked them. How's that going? 40 points down the, down the gurgler for me. Skeet picks Brisbane. Do, do it well. I thought maybe the COVID factor was going to have a bigger influence. Uh, clearly, it had an influence, but it was let's not let this um, derail our season type influence because they looked like they were galvanised. Um, well, they got some players back from the they, previous Sunday they, where they were really disrupted. I mean, I think they had eight changes that sort of went down at different increments in the last 48 hours leading up to that game. But we've seen that over the sort of, especially I've mean, seen at West Coast, it's hung around. It's not like miss them out, miss them for seven days and get them back and it's all good again. But clearly Brisbane, you know, managed it well. Um, Hugh McCluggage is starting to really wind up towards the back end of this season. Had 29 touches, four goals, eight marks. That's a huge game. Well, he's finishings. That's the, that's the last chapter for him as a player. And that's where he yeah. goes from being, yeah, he's all Australian, good player on a wing. But he sprayed bullets in front of goal typically, and he's going to often be the guy coming out of the front of the stoppage when it's six six six. So to see him kick four straight yesterday, heartwarming for Brisbane fans. I still feel like it's Melbourne, Geelong, and then there's this batch of teams. You're not saying there's necessarily a top four at the moment. Yes, they're in that team, and the latter suggested as well. There's a bit of a circle and a chasing pack, and they're in it. It was a good win. We're going to keep moving. North Melbourne defeat Richmond by four points. I've got to be honest. I, I, I don't know if I go for anyone, but I look at some teams I think I'd love to see you lose, and Richmond's one of those teams. I don't know why. Wow, uh, open the lines. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just love seeing them go down to North Melbourne. They butchered it. They kicked 10 goals, 22. Um, North Melbourne with an interim coach coming in. 
they get the the rebound that everyone expects when a new coach comes in for some reason. That's become a bit of a fashion, especially with COVID and missing um, you know coaches this year. We've seen you know interim coaches come in for one game and get the result. So they 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 do well. They play well. They play with effort. They play with heart. If you can do that one week, you can continue to do it. It's it it's not something that should be switched on and off, but it's certainly a showing of young team and experienced team teams without confidence that you can actually raise yourself to a new level but then the next week it drops off they'll be hoping that some things that whatever they've done if they if they if they loosen the schedule a little bit have they enjoyed themselves more as they're taking the pressure off themselves whatever it is they'll be hoping that they can replicate that and do it again well that's exactly the word yeah. replicate so uh hawthorne blundstone arena on the weekend they won that game last year uh, they were in a very different state, I think, at that time in terms of perhaps where they felt they were heading to. But mm. they pushed Hawthorne in round one. There's no reason they can't do so again. Zerha kicks six. I, I, like, I, I do like him. I played on him. He's a dangerous player. He's like a stringer. We're going to touch on him in a little bit. He's like a Dugowie. He has that X factor. Power. Yeah, he's a, he's a powerful player. But he, he's not tall, but he can jump and he can run and he can he can go left and right and... Dangerous player, six goals. Anyone who kicks six goals in a game, good player. Yeah, <laughs> like, and incredible to think he was left to his own devices at the stoppage with two and a half minutes to go to kick the goal that put them in front. One thing I did pick up about this game, we will move on shortly. Uh, if Richmond had have won, which I think they probably should have, Art should have gone back, had a shot at goal to win, to win the game. Two minutes to go in the game, North Melbourne kick a goal to go in front. They're in front by five points. Is that what they end up winning by? One by four. Four. So they were up by five, though, before that behind. Uh, that passage of play where the behind gets kicked by Curtis. Curtis Taylor. Yeah. Uh, they did not have an extra behind the ball the entire time. I don't know if you picked that up. I, I was watching because I was I was sort of wondering, you know, how do they get themselves into these positions where, same as Collingwood, they didn't have a loose behind the ball the entire time. You're up off under a goal, boys. I don't care who's coached you. I don't care what level of footy you are. Like, un, under 10s that have a loose behind the ball. It's like, it's like, win the game, get a loose behind the ball. They were playing with six forwards with one and a half minutes to go in a game that meant a lot to the football club. I found that interesting. Don't know if that's coaching or player execution. Again, does it come back to what we were talking about a little bit before where the uh, players and teams sticking to defence and coming forward, coming forward, will defend at the source rather than worrying about having but, a goalkeeper? that's fine. You've got a minute and a half left you up by it. Get, get someone behind the ball. Put your up. I don't – like you, you all through your junior career, every game you ever played, you ever played with a minute to go and not have a man behind the ball? Mm. No. Yeah. The answer is no, you haven't. So no. I think that's but what it's, that's Again, what the, the, the mentality of now with 666 and those sorts of things – Boys, yeah. boys, play in the moment. Come on, 666, shove the 666 straight up your ass, get someone behind the ball. <laughs> and we, I quote. We can swear, we can swear and be a little oh, more geez, loose on this. That'll get trending. Yeah, Nigel's just been on Channel 7 a little bit. The first time I swore in front of Skeet, he was a Channel 7 man as well. He almost threw up. Your favourite football moment of the weekend was an F-bomb on Fox Footy. Yeah, well, I created it, didn't I? Yeah, Geelong College boy. Geelong defeat Carlton, okay. Geelong College boy. Charlie Kernow, was ve- he was a big, big, factor in this game uh, not big enough though he kicked three goals in the first half and then probably faded a little bit Geelong obviously the real deal Geelong defeat Carlton by 30 points um, a big win uh, against a real challenger in Carlton mm, uh, can we just oh. temper that a little bit please okay yeah. right, they're, they're in that pack like okay um, they might finish top four by virtue of the draw mm. and whatever but I think last night again was just there's a there's a gap between those teams. The the the, the real the real team stood up. Yep. 
It's fair enough. De Koning v De Koning was nice to see. Both not in their first year at the clubs, though. Like um, Sam at Geelong. Second season. He he would have been behind Henderson if he had have hung around again. Probably, you know, may not have got the opportunities he's got this year. And then Tom's done some pretty incredible stuff through his season. So I like seeing that battle going ahead. Um, I, I do differ a little bit. I saw Carlton live. Yes, it was against West Coast. I, I just saw some things that really impressed me, the way they went about it. It looked like they had a bit of culture stuff sorted out. Just some little things that I... I think they're going in the right direction. You, you could be right. They going get, in the right direction, yeah, absolutely. Right. Just I, not that they're, they're not the finished article I, yet. I think I think if they get everything right, they can really challenge. But that probably identifies if they don't get it right, that they're, they're not quite there. Which was probably I think the case on the weekend. To me, what Carlton need is they need to look at the show. They need to look at September this year without having the full experience. Okay, I think that'll good. be better for them in the long term because there's always got to be that worry if a team you know, suddenly get themselves to a prelim. It's like oh, we're so close, and it's like oh. Actually, there's still some building blocks to come. And that's where you see the drop-off. See, this insight's just beautiful stuff. Melbourne defeat Port Adelaide. We this could is... be sitting here in nine weeks as Carlton supporters are <laughs> celebrating a premiership. Oh, <laughs> like on street. It's, we'll be able to hear that from it's here. It's too early for yeah. a flag, yeah. Nigel Carmody. Yeah, yeah. Um, Melbourne defeat Port Adelaide by 14 points. I mean, Port Adelaide kicked some real junk time goals in this one. That's not a close game in the end. Um, Kasai Pickett... He, did I get that right or not? Yeah, that's spot on. Okay, six yeah. goals. I just I saw the eyes shut again. <laughs> six goals he kicks in the Northern Territory. I, I, I spoke about this in the preview. Playing in the Northern Territory is different anywhere in the, in the country. One, because of the conditions a little bit, but two, the crowd. I think you guys played Melbourne in 19. Yeah. I think that's the last game they played in Alice because of obviously what's been happening in well, the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Anytime an Indigenous lad goes, you know, we played with some great ones, Rioli, Ryan, Lewis Jetta, um, to name a few. Anytime one of them went near the ball, it was I've never heard just a noise like it. It's just this shriek, this scream of excitement. It's like it's actually so Traeger Park yeah. on television is clearly the most picturesque ground we have. Like uh, the the camera shots they were showing off today. Green grass, red dirt. Incredible, the mountains and the ridges in the background, just superb. So to kick six goals in front of his home crowd, really. I mean, it was pretty special for him to do that. Um Oliver misses his first game in six years. I wonder how much of an impact that'll have for him, if any. You know, Melbourne Melbourne win and win easily, but to add someone back in like an Oliver with a fractured thumb, I don't know if you've ever done anything to thumbs along the way, but they can be yeah, pesky they're, little they're pesky, things. yeah, and you'll just keep knocking them, particularly when he plays the style of game he does. True. I don't think Melbourne will be in a great rush to get him back into the team. I think they'd be hoping they can get the business done without him over the next couple of weeks. They've got some significant games. The trip to Frio's looming large in the next couple of weeks. Yep, very good. Last game of the round, Essendon defeat Gold Coast by 48 points. This is a real shock to most. Uh, been riding these guys off for a little while. I think we're going to have to rip it back now. We saw them live. With, I'm talking about Essendon here against West Coast, and they were deplorable. They really were defended poorly as a team. Uh, they go and they beat Gold Coast. This is the fourth team in the last five weeks other than West Coast that they've beaten. St Kilda was in there. Who, have they, who else have they beaten in the last five weeks? They've beaten some bloody good sides and they continue to do it and they do it well. Where, where, why have they not done this since the start of the season? Where yeah, I, uh, the spike for me is hard to sort of put your finger on as to why. But Jake Stringer kicked four goals. Footy crypto for mine, Jake Stringer. I don't Footy understand crypto. crypto and I don't understand Jake Stringer. Like there's <laughs> these spikes out of nowhere, then there's a dip for no apparent reason. But... Uh, he had a period tonight where I think he kicked three out of five goals in the game in, in a short period and, and busted it open. 
Great story out of the West this season for mine is Nick Martin. Like, mm. just again, his production week in, week out has been massive. The Suns, I think they'd be shattered tonight, to be honest, because a win today would have put them in that group of teams on nine. Yes. And they, they're in the conversation, but that loss tonight, percentage didn't as well. It just, it just sucks them back into the pack. They've got the Q clash to come next weekend, which win, win the game this afternoon. You go into the, arguably the biggest Q clash in that fixture's history and now it still is big I it's mean, a big game and it's a and it's a game they can absolutely win but it just takes a little bit of the gas out of it now because they can't put a foot wrong if they're going to play finals but again similar veins are talking about Carlton going deep in September I feel like a 10 and 12 season for the Suns this year might be the best thing to set them up for then finals an, no an, finals. another progression forward can they, will, will they play finals no there you go. Nigel Carmody wraps that one up. Nigel Carmody, Will Schofield here on the Shelter Footy Cast. We are in Melbourne. We're almost wrapped this one up. We're going to get, a, get, going to get through a couple more With shelters. With the time difference, it's 3am in Melbourne on Monday morning right now. <laughs> We're going to get cut through a couple more shelters to finish this one off. Shelter XPA X Factor. This is where, Nigel, I know you haven't been involved in this program, we give a slab of XPAs to the biggest X Factor of the West Australian teams over the weekend. So, Usually, we've been giving it to a Fremantle player, right? They've been the ones winning the games. It's not going to a Fremantle player this week. They lose to Sydney. They had some good performers, but uh, this week's XPA X Factor slab of beers is going to, and I'm very happy with this because we get too many midfielders getting awards around here. We like to look after the backman here, mate. I feel like this is being set up for you to have six cans given back to you through back channels. Well, is that accurate? That's actually not what I need whatsoever. I stood on the scales last week and it was not a good sight. I'll tell you that right now. Tom Barras. I'm going <laughs> to I'm just going to I'm just going to say what I call him. Tom Barras. Would you like to call him something else? I've always called him Tom Barras, but then oh. when I was hearing Barras from commentators, yeah, so Barras is right. That, I think I Barras like... is right. But you can do what you like according to Tom. So he wins at 30 touches, 18 marks, 11 intercepts. Huge game from the fullback. They were chipping it around a little bit in the back Career line. Career highs across the board, I think, yep. numbers-wise. Yeah, it was. Good day of intercept when they really didn't have anyone else playing that role. And Hawthorne's defence were intercepting for days. He also kept Mitch Lewis, who kicked five goals last week, to zero goals. I think he's one of the most improved players in the competition, Mitch Lewis. He's very underrated, especially over, over in the West Coast. But... He's right up there for mine as some of the best players in the competition in terms of key position forwards. And Tom Brass keeps him keeping the zero goals in a day that they lose by a fair margin. And without Jeremy McGovern in the team. Yeah, which will be doing for the rest of the season, which has just come out. Jeremy McGovern done for the year. Nick Dananui possibly added to that list. That's to add to Dom Shee, Tom Cole. Uh, missing a couple of big stars here. Elliot Yo, I haven't seen him back for from a hammy. Oscar Allen is one I'm looking for. Hasn't been a great year for West Coast. That's done and dusted. The Shelter Footy Cast with Nigel Carmody, Will Scover. Did you have fun, mate? Good fun, mate. Thank you for having me. Hope everyone enjoys it as well. Yeah, I've enjoyed having you here. That's the regional uh, the regional footy roundup. We're going to get to that next week. Leave that here in Melbourne. We're going to get the shelters into us. Find us on shel- uh, on socials, Shelter Footy Cast. Send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. You can send us a listener question to that. Regional footy stories. We're going to get stuck into these shelters. See you next week.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.